talk about uh, atraumatic intracerebral hemorrhages. Um, so traumatic intracerebral hemorrhages are things like epidural, subdural, subarachnoid. But when patients come in with an atraumatic uh, intracerebral hemorrhage, uh, the diagnostic considerations, uh, the causes, the treatments are fundamentally different. So it's sort of a framework of the minute I was going to talk in sort of an organized way about sort of the different causes, uh, what are sort of the diagnostic considerations in terms of the testings that are uh, testing that is performed, and in terms of the treatment considerations, which I would sort of broadly divide into, you know, hemostasis, making sure that uh, you correct any sort of uh, bleeding disorder, uh, blood pressure control, what are the targets and what's the evidence uh, to substantiate that. Mm other issues such as fever control and uh, glucose control, and then uh, importantly, ICP monitoring and uh, indications uh, for surgical uh, uh, intervention. So as far as sort of your differential diagnosis of uh, a patient who comes in, uh, let's start with uh, sort of a broader concept, which is what are the types of th uh, presentations that make you concerned about an intracerebral hemorrhage? So usually it's a stroke, or mental status uh, change in a patient, uh, but what are the things that differentiate an intracerebral hemorrhage clinically on presentation rather than sort of a conventional uh, thrombotic or uh, uh, embolic or otherwise uh, ischemic stroke? So, you guys have any thoughts on that? Significant vital signs changes with uh -huh. the presentation of, you know, worst so headache ever, maybe focal Sure, yeah. So, I mean, worst headache ever is certainly uh, the uh, uh, classic presentation for a subarachnoid bleed. Uh, uh, so that would be sort of an aneurysmal rupture, uh, which is about half of the intracerebral hemorrhages. Um, as far as blood pressure, uh, ischemic strokes oftentimes present with elevated blood pressure, but when there's a systolic blood pressure greater than 220, uh, then that puts you more specifically into a category of uh, intracerebral hemorrhage. Uh, and then, you know, profound mental status changes. So most of the times, even if you see a massive MCA territory stroke, patient is generally awake and alert. Uh, but, you know, if you have a uh, intracerebral hemorrhage, in general, they have depressed mental status uh, much more often uh, because of the associated uh, uh, elevations in intracranial pressure. So that's good. So that clinically, that raises your suspicion. So generally, what, what do we do here? We get a CAT scan of the head uh, without, which is extremely sensitive for detecting the different subtypes of uh, intracerebral hemorrhage. Uh, so what are the causes uh, or the, uh, of the the different types of intracerebral hemorrhage. So subarachnoid hemorrhage, aneurysmal, is about 50%. The vast majority of the other ones are, uh, the main risk factor is hypertension. So those are uh, uh, in certain classic locations in the brain. Uh, does anyone know uh, where they are typically located if it's a hypertensive hemorrhage? Um, brainstem and pontine? Uh-huh, right, so the pons, Pons is part of the brainstem, uh, and uh, pontine hemorrhage is a classic location. Uh, there's two other locations that are classic. Uh, the basal ganglia is where the vast majority of them are, and those are structures like the putamen and the thalamus. So that's sort of the central area of the brain above the brainstem. And then uh, the final category is cerebellar. Um, so interestingly, uh, 
the most common uh, causes of hypertensive hemorrhages are not lobar, so not in the cerebral hemispheres. So uh, <clears throat> when the CAT scan is done, you identify sort of the location, and if it's a, a basal ganglia or a pontine or cerebellar, it's a presumptive hypertension, uh, 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 intracerebral hemorrhage. When it's in alternative location, then you have to uh, have consideration for other etiologies. And that's significant because, you know, if it's just a hypertensive, uh, not just, if it's, if it's characteristic for a hypertensive hemorrhage, uh, then there's no other advanced imaging done. But if it's in an unusual location, then other imaging is done. So subarachnoid blood, generally they get a CTA to look for aneurysm uh, to guide further, further intervention. If it's a low bar hemorrhage, uh, if a patient is very elderly, then generally the substrate for that is that they have an underlying, and it's, uh, it's an uh, unusual term, uh, but the cause is uh, generally what's called amyloid angiopathy. So demented patients have uh, pathologic diagnosis, uh, if you biopsy their vessels, of deposition of a protein called amyloid, which uh, uh, weakens uh, the blood vessels and causes those low bar hemorrhages. Um, the other uh, sort of causes of intracerebral hemorrhage that would warrant further uh, testing, you know, if you have edema, if you have a non-circular uh, bleed, then the concern is for what? If there's significant edema, sort of disproportionate, then you worry about an underlying tumor. Um, if it's a, in a sort of peripheral location, uh, you worry about like a dural venous thrombosis with a venous infarct and hemorrhagic conversion. So, you know, that guides advanced uh, imaging testing. And then as far as uh, treatment, you know, hemostasis, that's stuff that uh, we're all accustomed to. So if the platelet count is less than 100, transfusion of platelets, if they're uh, on a newer an oral anticoagulant, uh, if it's Pradaxa, it's Praxbind. Uh, if it's non-Pradaxa, newer oral anticoagulant, it's PCC. Uh, if they're uh, on a vitamin K antagonist like warfarin, uh, then generally it's going to be either FFP and vitamin K or PCC. Um, as far as blood pressure control, uh, what are sort of the targets you've seen? Yeah, less than 140. And, you know, the data on that is decent. Uh, I mean, it's not sort of prospective randomized controlled trials, which demonstrate survival benefit. Uh, but there's data to suggest that if the systolic blood pressure is 150 to 220, if you target typically with Cardine in the most recent trials, uh, then you uh, limit hematoma expansion. Uh, and sort of by corollary, uh, it's presumed to improve prognosis, uh, including morbidity and mortality. Um, fever control, blood sugar control, those are both sort of standard recommendations. And then as far as uh, intracranial monitoring, if a patient has altered mental status, in general, a ventriculostomy is recommended, uh, both for monitoring and then for uh, 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 CSF drainage uh, to uh, target uh, uh, ICP. As far as neurosurgical interventions, what are the things that you've seen? Uh, um, I would say Generally, you think of it as a non-surgical disease, uh, but what are the things that have uh, uh, or do, do prompt a neurosurgeon to go in to evacuate the hematoma? There's a couple of sort of broad constructs that apply there. Uh, you're saying that what would be indications for neurosurgical uh -huh. infection? Profound neurologic deficit or change in mutation or 
Yeah, so, so one is sort of uh, expansion of the hematoma with uh, neurologic deterioration. Uh, and then there's another classic one that you should just sort of remember uh, is that if it's a cerebellar hemorrhage, uh, those, you know, the posterior fossa does not, uh, right, small space, big chance that, you know, uh, if you have a cerebellar bleed that progresses there, that you get compression on the brain stem with loss of sort of vital functions there, uh, cerebellar herniation. Uh, so cerebellar hemorrhage is sort of a classic. Uh, uh, so uh, as far as sort of construct, what I'd want you to just sort of take away from this is that, you know, intracerebral hemorrhages have a variety of different causes based on the initial CAT scan findings, uh, if there's suspicion for an alternative condition, uh, then you get generally an MRI, MRA, or a CTA, and that's, you know, subarachnoid blood for aneurysm. Uh, if it's a young person, they generally would do it for like an AVM. Uh, if there's evidence of uh, a cortical infarct or cortical blood, then it's for dural venous thrombosis. Um, and then as far as treatment, the mainstays are the uh, hemostasis, blood pressure control, bl blood sugar control, ICP monitoring, and consideration for surgical interventions. Cool? Does that make sense as a broad pr perspective? Yeah? All right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you need to say anything else? No, you're good for now. <laughs>